I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fit the Mission. California has about 2 million fewer housing units than what the population needs. On this show, we've talked about how long construction can take in cities like San Francisco, where red tape and politics get in the way. But setbacks aren't just limited to things like permitting. Hundreds of newly constructed apartment buildings and businesses in Northern California are sitting empty. Why? They're waiting for PG&E to turn on the lights. The state's largest utility takes months, sometimes years, to connect buildings to the electrical grid. The San Francisco Public Utilities Commission estimates that those kinds of delays cost taxpayers and the city an estimated $28 million in lost revenue over the past four years. And, of course, it's not making the state's dire housing shortage any better. It's frustrating people who work in construction, like Javier Santizo. These delays have repercussions to the workforce, repercussions that sit these construction, this union construction workers at home waiting for the lights to be connected. That's a household that is left in uncertainty. Today on Fit the Mission, Chronicle reporter Dustin Gardner will discuss the story he co-reported with his colleague Julie Johnson. He'll talk about the impact of PG&E delays and what state legislators want to do about it now. Dustin, welcome back to Fit the Mission. Thanks for having me back. Dustin, your story states that hundreds of new buildings are being left empty because they're waiting for PG&E to turn on the lights. Give me a sense of the scope here. How many buildings are we talking about and how long are they waiting? This really is a frequent problem. As of late February, there were 319 commercial and multifamily apartment buildings in PG&E's service territory, um, which is much of central and northern California. That many buildings were waiting to be connected um, as of late February, according to data that the utility provided to a state legislator. Of those 319 buildings, 134 had been waiting for more than two months, and 95 had been waiting for more than three months. And I've also heard stories of projects that take more than a year to get connected to the power grid. So just a really long time for people to be waiting to get the lights turned on. And even worse, in a lot of rural parts of the state, we're hearing horror stories about areas that are being told they might have to wait months or even years to connect new homes and businesses to the grid. And obviously, this is a big deal because, as we all know, the state is in a housing crisis. And you spoke to some developers in San Francisco about these delays. What did they share with you about the impact of PG&E dragging their feet in this way? The impact is just tremendous from what I was told. Uh, it drives up costs, which takes money away that could go to future affordable housing projects. I spoke with Sam Moss, executive director of Mission Housing Development, one of the most prolific nonprofit affordable housing builders in the city. And he, he talked about several projects that have been affected. He mentioned one on 18th Street. This is three um, accessory dwelling units or ADUs designated for senior housing. They were just completed and PG&E told him that they need more time to review whether they can connect those units to the grid or how long it will take to connect them to the grid. So there you have three finished ADUs sitting there that, that might not be occupied for months. And the real frustration Moss had was that he said, you just don't know what's going to happen with PG&E. He called it a black box um, when he was describing the process of trying to get answers from them. Moss actually spoke Friday at a press conference with State Senator Scott Weiner, who's working on a bill to deal with this issue. And when Moss spoke, he really, you know, was just incredibly frustrated with the effect of these types of delays. There are high quality, 100% affordable housing units meant for families and seniors sitting vacant right now because PG&E won't turn on the lights. 
I don't believe you can actually think that housing is a human right if you don't also believe that we should hook it up to power. And another project that he told me about um, called the Capuso at the Upper Yard, which is a new 130-unit affordable housing project next to the Balboa Park BART station. He said that project was forced to use fuel-powered generators during the construction process because PG&E wouldn't provide a temporary power hookup. PG&E disputes some details of that instance, but again, Moss said this has driven up cost dramatically. He said that it's cost the nonprofit many thousands of dollars. And Dustin, as you pointed out already, this problem is much worse outside of big cities. Rural counties have had a really hard time with this. Tell me what you learned there. Yeah. So my colleague, Julie Johnson, who co-wrote the story with me, she did a lot of reporting in that area. And a couple of her big findings were just really jarring. Um, For one, she found out in Humboldt County, PG&E told builders last year that in the southern part of the county, they wouldn't be able to connect any new houses or commercial properties to the grid for an untold period of time or that they would have significant delays. Um, And this has raised a lot of frustration for the state senator from that area. This is State Senator Mike McGuire, who represents that North Coast District. And he said that essentially PG&E was barring any sort of economic development in that county that's really hurting for growth in industry. And, and the county is also looking at starting a new offshore wind project. So they really need new construction to support that industry. And the county also faces big housing goals from the state. You know, they need to build thousands of units in the next couple of years to meet their state housing targets. But it's not just the North Coast. In the Central Valley, there's also been issues in part of Fresno and Madera County. Um, builders in that area sent a letter to state utility regulators last fall saying that PG&E had what was effectively a de facto moratorium on new home construction in the area because of their delays providing hookups for new power. More with Dustin Gardner after a quick break. Are the delays to turning the lights on in new buildings bolstering the case for San Francisco to form its own utility? You're listening to Fifth and Mission. If you have a comment or there's a story you think we should cover, let us know. You can email us at fifth, that's F-I-F-T-H, at sfchronicle.com, or leave us a voicemail at 415-777-6156. Dustin Gardner, the PG&E delays you were describing before the break is for interconnection, That's the process that connects buildings to PG&E's electrical grid. Is this a very complicated process or something? How is PG&E explaining the delays? Yeah, so interconnection occurs after a building is completely finished and after local officials have green tagged the building, which means they're flagging the building to say it's been inspected, it's complete, it's permitted. So it's all approved at the local level, but PG&E has a separate approval process to review whether to hook up the wiring to the grid. But in general, it's not very complicated from what I've heard from developers. It's really PG&E just turning the power on effectively. But PG&E, you know, they didn't give us a, a very detailed answer, but they did say that they're working to speed up connections they're aware of the problem, and they're taking customers' concerns seriously. But at the same time, the utility said that they have a lot of issues they're juggling in recent years. Um, They're trying to prevent their equipment from starting more wildfires. They're spending a lot of time and money undergrounding power lines. So really, you know, they just say that they've had their hands full and they're doing the best that they can. But again, you know, housing advocates, developers, others say that that's just not enough and that the utility needs to be able to do both. And they've noted that PG&E has opposed San 
Francisco and, and some other areas creating their own utilities and breaking off. PG&E has opposed that. Um, so the argument is if they're going to insist on keeping their full service territory, they need to be able to provide all the services that the community needs. Now, we've talked about this on the show before, but state legislators have passed many bills in recent years to speed up construction of new housing. And you mentioned Senator Scott Weiner unveiled something on Friday. He wants to do something about this issue specifically. What is his bill about? So Senator Weiner unveiled Senate Bill 83, and essentially what this would do would create a shot clock for utilities to turn the power on to construction after it is green tagged and approved by local inspection officials. And, and the timeline in the bill is eight weeks. So Weiner saying that any project that needs power turned on, PG&E and other utilities cannot take any more than eight weeks to get that done. And if the utility doesn't meet that time frame, they can be forced to financially compensate the project developer who is stuck sitting there with an empty, vacant building. So really, it's creating a pretty strong financial incentive for utilities to get that work done in a timely way. We know also that just PG&E hasn't had a great reputation for years now. They've been held responsible for wildfires in the state, which you just mentioned, rolling power outages. What other complaints have been made in the past when it comes to building project delays? We've heard about this issue with utility hookups for a long time. I mean, this isn't new, these complaints about PG&E, but ironically, as the state has made progress passing other legislation to speed up housing construction, that has really shown a brighter spotlight on the PG&E and utility um, hookup issue. And it's exposed, you know, how much of the delays with opening new housing is, is, is due to those slow power hookups. San Francisco has been tracking this issue for some time. The San Francisco Public Public Utilities Commission has tallied that nearly 140 projects have been delayed by PG&E since 2018. And this includes things like small projects like traffic signals, but also very significant affordable housing projects like some of the ones we mentioned with Sam Moss and Mission Housing earlier. Barbara Hale, the Assistant General Manager of Power for the Commission, said that PG&E is just routinely approving projects and then balking once it's time to connect them to the grid and turn the power on. And the delays have you know real impact. Um, the SFPUC calculates those delays have cost taxpayers and businesses in the city an estimated $28 million in lost revenue. It's these kinds of issues that have motivated the city of San Francisco to want to take over PG&E's infrastructure within its jurisdiction. You mentioned that PG&E doesn't want something like that to happen, but is this building that case further? That's really what Scott Weiner said. What you know, when I spoke with him, he said that these types of delays do help bolster that case, but that's not the focus of his bill. Clearly, it's important to remember that PG&E has repeatedly resisted San Francisco's offer. The city's had an offer to buy the utility for 2.5 billion. That's been on the table for years since 2019. PG&E keeps rejecting that offer, saying that its assets in the city are worth far more. But this is one more thing that gives San Francisco another argument to try to take over the utility within its area. Well, another frustration in housing construction in San Francisco, around the state. Dustin Gardner, thanks so much as always. Good to be with you. Dustin Gardner covers state politics for The Chronicle. His story about PG&E delays was written with reporter Julie Johnson. You can find their story online at sfchronicle.com and on The Chronicle app. Thanks to Francesca Fenzi for editing this episode and to you for listening.